Pelotero Pickle episode 51. We got a full trade deadline breakdown. We get into Kumar Rocker not signing with the Mets and Tony Larusa with his old man shuffle. Check it out. Pelotero Pickle episode 51. It's a Sunday night recording here with Chris Calabello. Just a reminder, our mailbag is pickle at pelotero.com or you can find us on Twitter at pickle at Peltero Pickle. So pickle at pelotero.com for emails at Peltero Pickle for Twitter. Send us your question. We love getting all we love all the questions you guys submit. It's overwhelming sometimes. Keep sending them in. We'll get to them if anybody ever sends one. We got to keep asking because we want to be engaging with you guys. Engage with us. Chris, how are you doing? Bobby. I don't know what you just said, but you messed it all up. No, I did it right. Emails, pickle at peltero.com. And then Twitter is at peltero pickle. We picked up a follower today. I saw that. So nice. Yeah, we haven't we haven't really hammered the uh the Twitter, the uh Twitter push. Instagram's where the kids are at. So I guess that's what we're doing. It's going well over there. TikTok. Tell you what, TikTok. I've, I've been really busy, I haven't been on TikTok. When you keep any, I think any social media, I mean, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, any social media, if you curate your audience, it's awesome. TikTok, I've done a really good job. I don't get into any of the baseball stuff. It's all lawn care, it's golf, some fishing. It's awesome. And I haven't even gone fishing in a while. I just like watch the videos. I was talking about fishing today. Actually, I was talking about with a college summer league player about fishing. He's going fishing tomorrow. But then again, there are a lot of college summer league players that are going fishing because they just leave their teams. Like the Worcester Bravehearts. I threw out the first pitch to the Worcester Bravehearts. What a legendary moment. Two-seamer. And Andy Lacombe called it a slider because he was off to the side. Come on, Andy. I was like, Lacombe, it was, it was a two-seamer. It was a little sinker. Automated strike zone probably would have got me the call because um, it had good hump on it. But yeah, the Worcester Bravehearts have had like 60 dudes on their roster. I, I've never seen that much turnover in summer ball. Like when we were playing summer ball, like I had to beg to get on a team. And then once I got there, I was staying. Now kids just come and go as they please. Well, they, I remember they didn't really like let people go before. Like you were on the team to play and get better and develop. Your college coach would place you. There were relationships there where like if you placed a player, you sent them there for the season. And like, if you got hurt, obviously you go home. But it was like, you're there for the summer. It's you're, you're there to play and get better and develop. That's the whole purpose of the league. Not to be like, oh, I'm shutting it down. I'm going to go do something else. Yeah, I think it's the same now, but it's not. But people are like treating it differently. Kids they, are, can they release players? Do they actually like release people? Uh, you can cut a guy that's on a temp, I guess. But apparently the cape was like, oh, you got a temp? Boom, you're gone after the first practice. Like, what? I just thought a temp was like a 10-day or whatever. You try to earn your keep. And it's like, I don't know why we're playing fantasy baseball with kids' lives. And then I also don't know why kids are just ghosting on their teams. They're literally just leaving. Uh, Yeah, it's... Different? It's weird to me. It's very strange. Like I said before, if you're... it, It used to be like a big deal to get picked up to be played in the, to play in those leagues. You know, I really wanted to play in the Cape league, but it just wasn't realistic at the time. So I went NY, NYCBL, 
Plattsburgh, New York. That was an experience. Uh, then NECBL for two years in Concord, New Hampshire. They don't have a team anymore, but we didn't even have 10 players. So that wasn't even a thing. Yeah. We didn't have temps in, for the Mill City All-Americans either. Um, oh, side note, uh, went to the Woo Sox game yesterday. That's the Worcester Red Sox. See how they did that? They're called the Worcester Woo, the Worcester Red Sox, but they're the Woo Sox. They used to be the Paw Sox in Pawtucket, so they just stole their team yeah. and their name scheme. Yeah, so Chris Sale was pitching yesterday, so people were trying to get tickets. They are like, oh, my God, it's sold out. I didn't care because I've hit off Chris Sale, so why do I care about watching Chris Sale? So the funny part was – made a big poster and said, I took you deep. Yeah. <laughs> no, this was the best part. So I leave the tickets for some – I get the tickets, and I, I'm going to meet them there, but I had to go down the street for a while um, to the – to the Worcester Braveheart's the summer league thing. And then I came back and uh, I got back as uh, Jeter Downs, prospect Jeter Downs was hitting a homer and apparently he had struck out his first two at bats or struck out and flown out or whatever on all breakers. And then they threw him a heater and he hit it out for his ninth homer of the year, which brought his uh, batting average up to a robust 203, I think it was at the time. And he did like, it was like a pimp job. Like it wasn't, it was like no joke. It was like, he's with the Red Sox. Huh? He's with the Red Sox. Yeah. He was, so part it, it was not for sale then. No. So he was part of the, uh, the trade when they got, I don't even know who they traded, but it was like last year, the year before it's a big piece in a trade or whatever. And, uh, I, I'm watching it. I think it was the Mookie trade maybe. Right. No, I don't know. So, but he literally stood at home plate. He, he turned, like backed out, little bat flip, and by little I mean like pretty big. I was like, "Dude, you're hitting 200. I wouldn't flip any bats hitting 200." Um, is that weird? Like, is that weird that I was like irritated? Uh, I think for you, your experience playing at that level and above that level, it's kind of like not impressed by hitting a homer in AAA. So why should you be celebrating like that? Maybe he's going to get a lot of Instagram likes when he posts the video. Yeah, I mean, that's what we're going for, right? They got NIL st stuff in uh, AAA? Where they got going yeah. on. No, and then and then uh, this was funny, too. So I'm, I was – I after the – the it was like I was there only for the fifth inning. Um, and then I ran out, and I was leaving, and Sale was doing his presser, but it was like outside. So it wasn't inside. So it was right next to the ticket booth if anybody – knows the Worcester Red Sox field. The Woosock Stadium is beautiful. It's downtown Worcester. So I'm running down the, there's like a grassy knoll. It's literally a grassy knoll. I think it's funny. I think the word knoll is funny. So I'm going to talk about it. So I'm running down and sales press conference is off to the right by the <laughs> ticket window. And they have like a little, you know, like one of those fence things that you pick up and move. And, and they have that surrounding the table. And then they have the backdrop to make it look like it's an official presser thing under a tent and all the cameras are kind of looking at them. There's a pretty good bit of media there for 20, 30 people. But the two security dudes that were like on the left side, like the, on the other side of the wall was protecting them on the left side of these dudes and they're on the grassy knoll. And I think that they thought that I was like a crazy fan because I was coming down the knoll, like jogging to my car. And, uh, you know, <laughs> the guy turned and saw me and he was like, alpha leader, code Z, we have a code red coming down the hill. Somebody's trying to attack Chris Sale. And then I looked to the right and I was like, and I just kept going because I didn't care. And I was going to go over to the guy and be like, hey, did you think I was going to try to tackle him? 
or like take his shirt off. Both strange things to do. And chances are, if you saw me, you probably would have been like, oh, what's up, Chris? And I would have been like, what's up, Chris? Remember that time? Hey, I haven't seen you since you took me deep. Since you took me deep. Yeah, exactly. We broke his streak of 10 strikeout games the Toronto Blue Jays did that year in 2015. He had like, I don't know, 714 starts in a row with 10 plus strikeouts. That's a lot. That was too many. But I think he had like the record or something for consecutive 10 strikeout starts. And anyway, we broke it. And that was cool. Then we lost. That's good. <laughs> that's good. That was the uh, the home run derby call night, I believe, too. So that's cool. Yeah. You're welcome. Uh, yeah. So big trade deadline activity in Major League Baseball. It was mayhem in the streets of the big leagues. There was a lot of action. Uh, nobody plays for the Nationals anymore. Nobody plays for the Cubs anymore. Uh thoughts reactions we want to get some thoughts from you on on experiencing a trade deadline as a player in a playoff race but first we got some big names out of the Mets Rizzo's going went to the Yankees immediate production uh Gallo to the Yankees he struck out and walk walked in every game I think I'm just kidding has yeah, yeah, no he actually has he probably has yeah I checked the box score and it was like over three with the walk and a strikeout so I'm like, you know, he's one for, he's either one for 11 or one for 12 he had a double today but like everybody thinks Joey Gallo is going to be the savior of the New York Yankees because right field's short. Yeah, he's like four for 14. No, yeah, four for 13, four for 17. Four for 13 is too good. Four, yeah, for, four, four for 17. Four for 17 with like six punch outs and five walks. More punch outs. Yeah, no, that's like 38% clip. That's about right. Yeah, that's his life. That's what and he does. Why did, they get, why did so the Yankees get him? The lineup for the New York Yankees, if I in my light in my wildest dreams, and I was gonna the largest lineup in the history of the world. I was gonna gonna tweet this when I saw it. The lineup for the New York Yankees today was Anthony Rizzo, lead off Aaron Judge, Joey Gallo, Gary Sanchez. Like, did you ever think you'd see those four guys sitting in the first four spots in the lineup ever? Uh no. I think it's Rizzo's a guy that was very, very branded with the city of Chicago. It's like when Pujols left the Cardinals and now he's like to see Pujols and Dodger Blue is weird. To see Rizzo not in a Cubs uniform is very strange. Well, the funny thing is he was with two orgs before that. Never in the show. No, but he wasn't He wasn't Rizzo the brand. It was the whole Brizzo thing. Like Bryant Rizzo, that they're the whole, they broke the curse in Chicago. It was a big deal. Uh, that core is blown up. Uh, great pick up by the White Sox getting Kimbrell. I thought that was a huge move that didn't get enough press. Now they got your boy. Who's pitching the ninth? Hendricks got to pitch the ninth, though, right? I mean, unless he unless he stops producing. He's having but, an amazing year. How about that? Was there ever a scenario in which you saw Liam Hendricks man, the closer? No, that was like British, Jamaican. Um, was there ever a situation where you saw the mate, Liam Hendricks? You type in Liam, and then you go H-E. Liam Hensworth. That's, yeah. that's tough. Tough, tough, tough draw. Tough tickets. But was there ever a scenario where you thought five years ago that Liam Hendricks would stay the closer over Craig Kimbrell? Uh, well, how old is Kimbrell now? Not very. But he was like good and then he was bad and now he's good again. He's got a 04, he's got a 4.8 ERA, 
ERA right now. Do you realize that this guy was ticketed to be the best closer of all time when he hit free agency, like numerically? He was ahead of all. Is that real? Yeah, he was ahead of Kimbrough. all numbers. He was ahead of Mariano, was ahead of Hoffman, and it wasn't close. Kimbrough's got a .48 ERA. I did not know that. Uh, 23 saves. His... Cubs only had like 28 wins, so he saved all the games. Oh, that's funny. Got his whip is uh, .69. We got a joke. Uh, I mean, they're both having a pretty good year. Hendricks' whip is .72. His ERA is .247. 26 saves. They got 49 saves on the roster right now. So that's a huge pickup for them. Let's go. Good. Let's go. All right. If you're the cut, if you're the White Sox, there you go. This is awesome. Fundamentally, you didn't really overhaul. They're uh, they're both kind of like high spin blow up guys. Liam's more twelve six versus the sweepy kind of deal. Sure, um, but let's try to take it. Like if one of them was like they're they're both like no, they're, so but that's a good move. So I I would say the White Sox. You didn't rattle like from a player perspective, right? Because that was the initial question or discussion topic of discussion. I think that's like a, a really good solid trade deadline move. Right. And you have, you didn't fundamentally change the, the makeup of the roster. There's no, you know, you don't have position players who are fighting to now get time or get moved or anything like that. So I think that's the, the weird part is how do you, how do you add to your team without ruffling too many feathers? You know what I mean? Like having to send somebody down or, whatever or it's got to be a major upgrade both in terms of skill and like clubhouse energy yeah so in 2015 we made the moves first of all i thought i was going to get sent down when we traded for ben revere because literally i was the last optionable player at my position it was like me goins and pilar and it wasn't going to be pilar because he was playing center field every day uh, but like valencia and i were both kind of like the same, right? Mm -hmm. According like to what we were doing. Off the bench-ish righty bats. Yeah. And I was playing more than him. Like I would play against righties, but he he would only play against lefties, a role that I think he really embraced. And and it was just an easy move if you want to keep both of us, but they ended up DFAing him, which I was thankful for because I thought I if I can't stay in the big leagues hitting 330, I don't know what you can do. But yeah, I think you were hitting like 360 at the time. So yeah, it was close, so whatever. Um but yeah, it's it's you get excited like that year was exciting for us, and I think Toronto was ready for it. There were a lot of just they a had lot. A, it was Reyes at short. Yeah, that was like four days before the deadline, or five days before the deadline. Yeah. So Tulo came in and solidified the infield, made it just like stable. Reyes was like highly emotional, would take plays off, made errors that shouldn't have been made. Just seemed like unstable to me. It's a good word compared to Tulo, who's like stable. Like yeah. you know what you're going to get on the field. Yeah, uh, and, and I mean. But I felt like he made your pitching staff relax because they knew defense was getting better. When the the pitching staff relaxes, they start pitching better, puts less pressure on the offense. They start playing better. It's like just this whole yeah. flywheel effect. Of everybody's more relaxed. Everybody's more confident. And that shows up on the field. I think the move Baez to the Mets might have that effect this year. Just because his energy, if Lindor starts playing well, the entire team is going to go off. So to answer the ultimate question about why the deadline was a uh, was crazy this year is because there's just more teams that are actually still trying to go for it. Um, 
Well, more teams Mar- for it, more teams not going for it. The, the Mariners traded their closer, who was pitching great, to get another closer, which is weird, so weird. Kendall Graveman out, and then they got the other guy. But they're in their roster was pissed about it. Yeah. A lot of reports sure. of disgruntledness, and they've been playing like trash since. So yeah. good. You know, so that those are again, you can't you can't mess with Mojo, man, and. So, I, I, like, I'm shocked that the Blue Jays – so the Blue Jays and the Yankees were buyers, right? And only one of them can make the playoffs, essentially. I mean, the Red Sox and, and Tampa have pretty much solidified that they're, you know, they're going to take the, the the East and one of the wild cards. And then, you know, you got the Yankees and the Blue Jays. And I'm, it's kind of weird because – They're currently both out of it, too. Yeah, and exactly because there's team like you know okay. the Mar- the Mariners are in the conversation. Um, Oakland and- has it right now, followed by New York, and New York's two and a half back. Toronto's three and a half. Seattle's three and a half, and then it kind of tapers off from there. Yeah, and that's what I'm. So there's a bunch of teams within six or seven games, and of that second wild card, and I never thought that many teams would play to try to get the second wild card, but. You know, goes to show you if you win, that wild card game is tricky, man. I told you, I remember a couple of years ago, the, the the Nationals won. I said if the Nationals win the wild card game, they're going to win the World Series, and they did. Um, I don't Talking like up with Chris Colabelle being right again. I that's not what we were doing, but it, that game can give you energy and it could defeat you. The playoffs were so weird last year that eighteen eight teams on each side felt like. 18 teams were in on each side and there's only 15 on each side. Oh, who's uh what's the biggest impact move? Brian to the Dodgers can be a big one because he offers them a lot of flexibility. Uh good bat, good defender. He's gonna be a positive influence on that clubhouse for sure. And I think he's gonna play third base every day because Longoria out. If huh, he's he's out. He's getting he's back to baseball activities. Yeah, but he's out until then. Right. And then he'll go to the endorse hurt for two weeks too. The, but the you'll the the Giants also have uh, Brandon Belt out, so you just put one of them to the other side. Doesn't you're probably going to put Brian at first because he's just more used to it, and then eventually move him around the outfield. The Giants do some weird stuff with their position players. I don't know, I, dude. I don't get how the Giants win, to be honest with you. But we haven't even mentioned Scherzer and Trey Turner going to the Dodgers. But that, I mean, those essentially like if you if you really like the the those are the biggest splashes. The the, the Dodgers now have seven Cy Young winners, I think, on their team. If, Seven, I think it's seven Cy Young trophies, not seven Cy Young winners. Whatever. I, yeah, it but, feels like seven. Yeah. Um, they got a lot. Yeah, well, Bauer's taking a sabbatical, so uh, I guess he's gone. Imagine if Bauer was still pitching right now. Oof. They, well, they probably wouldn't have gotten Scherzer if that happened. But Turner slotting in there. So does he take over a short every day so that yeah. uh, Taylor can just go play some other place really well? One of 17 other positions, yeah. I mean, he center, Ballinger's in center. Yeah, second. Mookie, they had Mookie at second tonight. Turner's yeah. at third. You got a, a Turner, Turner left side. That's fine. I still don't understand why guys have to play like six. Just put guys at one position. Isn't that easier? But the, yeah, I would think so. <laughs> I don't understand why guys have to play like four positions. Um, Blue Jays got, what's his name, Barrios from the Twins. That was a good get. Uh, it seems like they, they gave up a couple of big prospects to get him. Yeah, that Austin Martin kid. We talked about him. Prospect's only a prospect till he's a suspect. Jamie Campbell had a great tweet the other day that said, uh, for all the pieces that we moved when we in 2015, when we got when we got the five guys that we got, 
Um, the only guy that's really turned out to be anything because we traded Hoffman, who was like big prospect, and he's been in the big leagues a little bit, but hasn't been like a huge impact guy. We traded the Castro kid who looked like he was going to be the closer at the beginning of the year, traded Daniel Norris, traded uh, Matthew Boyd, and Boyd has really been the only one that's like been like an impact guy. What so, huh? Which deal was Boyd with? Uh, he was in the price deal. Him and Norris both went to the Tigers. Um, I saw I, I got prices with the Tigers. Trade him. Just trade him. Send him. Ship him. Prospects yeah. only a prospect till he's a suspect. Yeah, so the Dodgers did crazy stuff. The Giants did crazy stuff. Uh, how do you think uh, Hosmer feels with his name just getting floated like crazy the whole the whole day? The whole company? I'm, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say he doesn't care because he's rich. I feel like that clubhouse and that team, there's like a lot of good energy going on there, and like he's a big part of that. I wouldn't want to leave. Yeah, beautiful. What I don't like going to Detroit. You go from San Diego to Detroit. That would stink. Yeah, but I don't understand why they're talking about moving him because Frazier will just go to the outfield. Yeah, I forgot Frazier. That which was weird because he's a second baseman. They got a bunch of those, and then Tatis got hurt, so it worked out kind of not not for the best. But the guy they got was leading the league in hits. Yeah, Cyanard. Cyanard. Cyanard of the Cubs. True story, didn't get traded. I saw a thing about him going to the Yankees. I think he would have been a great fit there because uh, that whole infield is kind of weird, though. Urshela should be the everyday guy at third because he's a good defender and very solid hitter. If you put a story at short and you put, what's his name, Glaber at second, where he should be anyway, and then you get DJ at first and you don't need Rizzo. Then you get your, your your three giants and out in the let's, outfield. Let's not forget. Let's not forget that the the deadline is just like the loose deadline. Now you just put up. Everybody goes on waivers. Teams will claim people. So the waiver deadline is still very much open. Yeah, this was pretty active though. Yeah, I feel like it was more active than uh than recent years. I liked it. It was good. A lot of weird stuff. Uh. So yeah, just a lot of trade, a lot going on. Um, biggest move, if you had to pick one, gun to head, biggest move. I think Kimbrell might end up being the biggest move, just because I see him. If he could be in like the uh, the Andrew Miller type role that he had with the, with uh, Cleveland a couple years ago, when he just came in and was just a fireman, just anytime the game got tough, just throw him out there in the tough situation, blow it out. And you still got a stud arm in the back. Yeah, anytime. Like in the playoffs, I love that role. When you can solidify the bullpen, I, I think solidifying the bullpen is the, the biggest piece. If you can have three shutdown guys in the bullpen, dude, it's over. Like Six games. Get to the sixth, it's over. Yeah. It's a lot. It's good. Yeah, Cubs. How long? <laughs> the, the Ricketts family just bailed. They're like, we're out. Well, they, we were talking about doing that. That was the, the story at the beginning of the year was they were going to get rid of everybody. And then they were winning. They were playing well. I think, well, the first week of the year, they were the worst team in the history. And then they started playing really well. Yeah. Uh, the Mariners were the worst team in history for a while. And now they're in the wild card contention. So, um, yeah, Nationals and Cubs love to be in those organizations right now. A lot of opportunities coming up. Chase Barrera, everyday catcher now. Yep. 
Good for him. Uh, who was uh, who was there with him? Jan Jones. Uh, Jan Jones. I was. I, my brain kept saying Yandi, and I know. I knew it was a while. He got traded. Yeah, I know. I, that's what. I'm, I, yeah, he's he out. He got yeah. uh, crazy. But yeah, Red Sox. Did Red Sox get anybody? Warmer. Oh yeah, and, sure. and the reliever that they traded Chavis for the reliever from the Pirates. They traded Chavis. Yeah, how does nobody know this? I didn't see that at all. Yeah, Chavis out. Pirates. That's great for him because what's his name just went to the Frazier just went to the uh, Padres, so he's gonna go play every day. Yeah, or I mean, he'll probably play first too. Doesn't matter. Just give me the bats. Is he is he small? Why is he playing first? Uh, you're asking me questions is about like like why does Kike Hernandez play six positions? I don't know. Like, why does big first baseman? I always liked having a big first baseman because then you have more confidence. Yeah, it's the one novel idea. Put a tall guy that can hit it first. There's like 11 first basemen in the big leagues that are hitting like 220 or less with like a less than 700 OPS. I, I don't. Apparently, I'm not good enough anymore. Sorry. You're pretty old now. You still I'm not that old. I'm you still just, have options. Yes, I'm optionable. Look at that. You're a great sign right now. Leave That's what I'm saying. So, uh, the, you know, options. Let's get you out on the field. And, dude, if I hit in Worcester, what a field to hit at. Like, when Gail Forster, I, I told I told the farm director for the Boston Red Sox, <laughs> I would hit 50 homers in Worcester. And that's, like, my town, too. Can we I, would, I, I would just be down. Listen, put me in AAA. If I don't hit 40, you can cut me. I need to play every day, but if I don't hit 40, you can cut me. Was it Bill Hessman? Was that his name? The big old dude that hit a bunch of minor league homers? Mike Hessman. Mike Hessman. I was close. You just went with Bill Hasselman and Mike Hessman and the same it's guy. It's a logical leap, though. It makes sense. Uh, yeah, I mean, just get Ray Fagan on the phone. He's never gotten the job done with I, you. Yeah, ever. I know. I know. You've got the assumption connection. You've got the Ray Fagnant. You've got the Rich Gedman. You've got the – you played in Worcester for seven years already. You know the city. Pete Fatsy's the hitting coach in the big leagues. We've I got mean, all, all the reasons in the world. The farm can. director The farm director is Brian Abraham, played against me at St. John's, played at Holy Cross. I saw him today. I literally saw him today. There's a lot of good reasons. I know plenty of people. I met Hein Bloom at Sammy Fool's charity event a couple of years ago. You I'm were like, on the cover of Worcester Magazine in 2006. Make it that when it said I was making seven hundred fifty dollars a month, that really helped my dating life. The bat, uh, Kumar Rocker, not Great. signing, not uh, signing. Uh, so there's a bunch of rumors that it had to do with his medical. Um, we have a college coach friend who said that there were questions about his health towards in the year. His agent came out, Boris, and said, "No, he's fine." They did MRIs a couple years ago, compared him to post the season after they had more MRIs done after the college season. MRIs are clean. There's no issues. Uh, why? What, wait, I have a question. People were like, "Oh, it was pretty obvious he wasn't right at the end of the year." I was like, "Why?" Because he gave up a run. Like <laughs> what? Like the, and he pitched on. He pitched no, on piss me off. Sorry, I got to talk about this. I'm putting my hat on sideways for this rant. Why wasn't he right? Because they were playing against good teams and his line was like six and two thirds, three hits and three earned, like with two walks. I, what, so he didn't, oh, it was clear that he wasn't right. Is how, what does that mean? It means he didn't pitch a no hitter. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't throw eight, he got hit, like with 14 punches. I'm trying to get to his game log right now. The Vandy site's not cooperating. 
And he had, I mean, he had to be a hundred and I don't know what, 50, 180 innings into the year too. Maybe not 180, but like 140 innings into the year, right? He probably made 15 starts, 16 starts. He was 14 and four. 20 starts. 14 and four with a two seven. Uh, he had 122 innings pitched. 170. Patrick said his velo was down. Well, 179 strikeouts. Uh, what else we got? I feel like I'm saying uh a lot tonight. I'm gonna try to stop doing that. He went four and a third with six hits, five runs, four and runs in his final start against Mississippi yeah. State. Against arguably the top three offense in the country. I mean, right. it was it was uh it wasn't on full. Runs. So if his velo was down like two, maybe two and three miles an hour. Could he be fatigued? Could he just not have his best stuff? The kid earned his money. Like, he earned his money. Just pay him, dude, and he'll be fine. He's going to figure it out. So what if the S have TJ? Who cares? Man, that's pretty standard at this point. Yeah, everybody's having TJ. Just come back throwing five miles an hour harder. If it was a shoulder issue that uh, – if it was a shoulder issue that they thought there were bigger concerns for, I would get that. But maybe he had COVID and didn't know it. No, I don't want to start that rumor. That was a joke. We can't joke about that. That's not a good thing. Delta variant is, is real, et cetera. Um, what's he going to do? Who was it? Was it J.D. Drew did this? Max Scherzer did it too, American Association. Max Scherzer did this? Straight out of college? Yes. Where did Scherzer go to college? It's a good question. You know, like Missouri? I know he pitched in the American Association. I, know, I want to say it was the – I feel like he went to like Texas team. Like, about we he Missouri. I got that right. How did I do that? He's from Missouri. Went to Missouri. 11th round pick. His minor league. First year was with the uh, Kansas City. Uh, it's whoever it was. Who did he pitch for? This this has him with the uh, double. Uh, no, American Association. Double A American Association. Yeah. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't say. What team was ARI? What's ARI? Uh, Arizona. Did he, get, he didn't get drafted by Arizona. No, oh, I'll figure it out. Yeah, he did. Um, yeah, he did get drafted by Arizona. But he pitched in the American Association. I want to say it was like – it was either Kansas City or – I can't I can't remember the team I played for. Um, so, anyway, right now the move for him is to sign a one-year deal in Japan worth like $2 million. Just go. Like, go ahead. Go pitch the rest of the year in Japan. A lot of people are saying he should uh, go back to Vandy, do that whole NIL thing. Make, not going to make any money. He'll make way he, more money not doing that. He is probably the one guy, one of the biggest guys that could draw money. I don't know what his social profile All right, let's just, I don't know if he has any desire to do that. Time, I don't know if he has to go to class. Time out. Time out. Okay. What are his NIL things going to be? It's not going to be a glove because Fort Worth Cats, by the way. Fort Worth Cats is who he played for. Right. So it's not going to be a glove company because, which a pitcher glove company is huge because you're on the screen because you have to wear the glove company that the school uses. So, like, it's not like he, they use Wilson at Bandy. So he can't do that. He can't do a uh, brand. Why couldn't he? Because they have to wear what the school. Yeah, but he could, he could wrap another brand and just wear that. Doubt it. Company. Doubt it. 100% doubt it. I could be wrong. Uh, that's tricky. That's tricky. 
Yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky, tricky, tricky. So that, this, is, this is a great example of if a team has like a Nike deal and a Wilson right. deal and you got to wear these spikes, can you wear your own stuff now? So, so Bobby, Major League Baseball, when we were, when it was, it was Nike, it's Nike now, but we had Nike undershirts. The reason why Nike started making the undershirts with the swoosh on the neck was specifically for Major League Baseball so that their brand would show under the uniforms when the uniforms were majestic. You were allowed to wear other companies, but you were not allowed to show the brand. So you could wear the not Nike shirt, but you couldn't show the Adidas or Reebok or whatever uh, Under Armour brand under the shirt. So like they would catch you, Major League Baseball would catch because they they had a huge deal in place for branding purposes. Um, so I, I promise Did you. Players the Association part. get a piece of that? What? Does a Players Association get a piece of that? No. That's those are Major League Baseball deals. Those are like brands. I, I mean, is it called? Is it licensing? I, so maybe it is a part of licensing. I don't know. I think. I feel like if it's if it's part of player equipment, it probably should be. It's not like a billboard on the wall. Anyway, Kumar, the biggest thing, like maybe Kumar one of our viewers knows the answer to that question. Send us your reply to that. I want to know. Kumar Rocker could sponsor like Toyota and get enough money to make up for what he could make outside of Vanderbilt. Cause if he goes to Vanderbilt that though, he's going to go to the whole year next year. Like he could take a deal. Like a Japanese or Korean team would sign him right now for a million, million and a half bucks. And then you come back and, and sign a deal next year. Like you can get redrafted or posted or whatever. Like you sign a free agent deal. Like just go to Japan. Go ahead, dude. And so did, I read that, did I read correctly that he's draft eligible again next year? Is that real? Yeah, because if he goes to Indie Ball and if he doesn't sign a professional contract, he's drafted. He can't, so he can't play for the Atlantic League or any any M, any MLB affiliated leagues. He cannot play. But for. those aren't MLB affiliated leagues; they're just partner leagues. He can go play Indie Ball and get drafted on those leagues. He can't. I read an article about it. Ken Rosenthal did a thing. So he's going to the Frontier League. The Frontier League is a partner league. The American Association is a partner league. They're all. And I go to a partner league. So who's not a partner league? Mexico. No, Mexico is a partner league. It's AAA. Mexico's a partner league. Yeah. The Mexican <laughs> League's considered triple A. You look up the Mexican League stats on, on MILB.com. Well, he can go play in the Pecos League, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine the stats. Get, get him and Yerman back in the Pecos League. He's going, he's going to Asia. I want Yerman <laughs> catching Kumar. I'm telling you right now, this fool's going to end they can up. Go to the, they'll remake the, the White Castle movie. What was that called? Was it called White Castle? Yeah. Yerman and Kumar go to White Castle. This dude is going to Asia. Even Bobby, think about it. How long is he going to be in the minor leagues for? If he's signed, right? If he's signed, how long would he be in the minor leagues for? At least two years, three years? Most likely. They're saying lighter well, is probably going to start in double next year with a chance of getting up with a non-contending team. Right. So you're looking at full year next year, Whatever's left this he year. He signed with the Mets and he could help the team win, and they're making a push. I feel like they're not uh, two two full years of the minor leagues. Maybe get up in year two, right? So the the reality of it is, if Kumar went and signed a two year deal in Asia, if he signed a deal for the rest of this year, all of next year, and then all of the year after that, and got more like than the, what the Mets were offering, which clearly. I word on the street was like, the, like I, I don't even know what to believe anymore, but the, there was no contract in front of him. Go to Asia, bro. Get paid. You make bank in the minor, in the big leagues over there. Like 
a Korean or Japanese team will offer him five to eight million dollars. There was a dude that just did this. Like somebody just did it last year, didn't they? Um, yes, but I completely am blanking on the name. Yeah, just go to Asia, man. You get paid. And then you come back whenever you want. What if you go there and get Kumar rocked and you don't put up? Whatever. He's still going to get a shot over here to sign a minor league deal and come. And then, because then you just go, oh, it was Asia. It was weird. I didn't like it. And you come (laughs) back and you sign a minor league deal instead of a big league deal. I feel like you can, you can do it this way. You can go to Asia on the front end of your career, not on the back end. It's tough to go at the back end and come back. Yeah, exactly. He goes now, but like, even that's changing a little bit. But if he goes now, no matter what, like worst case scenario is he signs a minor league deal when he comes back, right? Best case scenario is he goes deals for two years and then they're like, oh, like I want a big league deal. And then they're going to be like, okay, you're nasty because your name's Kumar Rocker because you got so much attention while you're at Bandy. And then the Mets blew it by not getting you the signing bonus that you're supposed to get. Yada, yada. Thanks for coming. Why would the Mets, the Mets saved $6 million to give to him and they just, they just opted out of giving it to him. Yep. Well, and he's, he's, supposedly he slid in the draft to get to them. Right. So it's weird that they would. Because they saved money. They saved money from the slot. The slot was like four or eight something, right? And so you think they drafted him thinking he wouldn't sign or knowing they wouldn't? Because I just I just saw a tweet that he didn't do a pre-draft MRI. Um, he, he chose to forgo the pre-draft MRI, and they don't have to. They don't have to offer to receive a pick. So he wasn't even offered. He wasn't even offered any sort of contract, but they still got the pick no matter what. So you think they went with him, knowing he didn't do the pre-draft MRI, knowing they didn't have to offer a deal, still got the pick back, and then they could splurge on the back end of the slot? No, the slot? they didn't. They, 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 they set everything up to give him the $6 million that he wanted. They spent, they spent like whatever it was under to be able to get him. One point, they were 1.2 under to get him the six. All the other teams were within that like five percent that you're allowed to go over. Everybody else was five within the five. Anyway, it's listen. Go to Asia, kid. Go get paid. Did you see that some teams in the draft did only pick uh, pitchers? Yes, there were a couple teams, Angels and somebody else, but the Angels only drafted pitchers. Not a bad move. Yeah. Do you know why, Bobby? Because you can go pluck yeah. position players out of indie ball now if you really need them. That's, that's, I'm sorry for ruining it for everybody. My bad. All right. Uh, quick hits. Jesse Winker. I want to call him Winkler. Is it Winkler or Winker? Winker. What's Winkler? Why am I saying that? What's that from? Uh, Henry Winkler. Henley Rosengardner? Henley Rosengardner? That's what you just said. Henry Rosengardner? Who's Henry Winkler, Bobby? I, I, You're Googling it right now. Look no, it up. I'm not. I'm not. I'm late. I feel like I should know this, and I feel like it might be inappropriate. Winkler, he's a actor. Which he's one? Waterboy guy. Waterboy coach. What? Who's what, better known as? Um, the Fonz. Fonz. Thank you. There you go. You're gonna be a lot. Of, I Look, hope there's a lot of people disappointed you for not knowing that off the top. Listen, that's a little bit previous to the, my generation. And it's late on a Sunday night, and I'm tired, and my brain's not firing. You shouldn't announce when we do the show because then you get like you're like, oh, Sunday or Monday. Now, don't tell anybody. How about Tuesday? It's Tuesday morning up. They don't have to know. Well, if there's any big news that comes out overnight, we're gonna miss it. So that's all right. Anyway, Winker, not Fonz, 
signed a ball for somebody who was taunting him. I guess he had a sign that said, you stink. You're, I don't know. I forget. Patrick. What about the thing that rhymes with itch? Yeah. And then, so he signed a ball for him. He's like, Hey man, I'm collecting all my signs this year. Appreciate you. You're awesome. And just killed him with kindness slash sarcasm slash I'm in the big leagues. I don't come to your job and take out a pump gas that whole bit. Jesse Winker was one of the most dry, like edgy dudes I ever played against. Like loved his personality. Like, because he was the kid that was in AAA that was like pissed that he was in AAA was good. Didn't know how good he was going to be, but I liked him. I was like, man, he, this guy's pretty good. Hey, he could play. Well, I kind of gave you like, I, I think you're a little bit of a punk, but like super probably like me. That's why I was like, liked him, but hated him. Um, so I'm not surprised at what he did. And I wouldn't put it past him to be collecting signs. And what you do to fans that are taunting you and talking crap to you is you kill them with kindness and like, like then they they like succumb to the fact that you're awesomer than they are and then they want to be your friend and then you could opt into being their friend or not because every fan that talks smack online like this have this still happens to me i don't know why i'm like not even relevant anymore except for this show um i get messages all the time about like the steroid stuff or whatever even just about like toronto in general and I'm like, do you really feel like I'm bothered by your hate messages? Because I, th- like people always say this, like if that person actually ran into you on the streets and you gave them the time of day for even if like without knowing, they would try to like befriend you. Right. Because I'm cooler than you are because I played in the big leagues, like just as a general rule, like and you're a dude who like writes stupid crap on Twitter. So like by default, I'm cooler than you. Look at my bat rack. Look at how cool that is. Yeah. It's like a Jimmy Kimmel going on the street or like Jimmy <laughs> Fallon. And they'll be like, oh, what do you think? They went to New York with David Ortiz. And they were like, oh, what do you got on? That's a good one. Yeah. To the best locker mate. To the best locker mate. Frankie wrote to the best locker mate. Like, you, that guy doesn't have his bat signed. I do. I was the best locker mate. Like, what did, a guy. Did you ever see this skit when they brought Ortiz to New York? And they were like, they brought in Yankees fans. They're like, what do you got on Ortiz? And they're like, oh, he's a bum. I hate him. And then Ortiz, like, walked out from behind a thing. They're like, oh, hey, man, you're the best. I love you. You're such a good player. Yeah. Did you ever watch Notting Hill? Because this is a way better reference of it. Hugh Grant movies are always good to go Whoopsie to. Whoopsie daisies. Yeah, I've seen. Yeah. Whoopsie daisies. But, yeah, like, they're talking smack about Julia Roberts' character. And then she pops around the corner and they're like. Yeah. So all the people that are talking smack, it's like preschool. Like you hit, if you hit somebody, that means you like them. I'm glad you just went with uh, Notting Hill right there. One of my favorite movie scenes ever when they go, when they do a full year in that one walking scene. You know, so I'm, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. That scene's amazing. And, and then he it. takes his jacket off, flips it over, and then he puts it back on. Really cool way to do a uh, one year, just walking down the street. It's fantastic. Great movie. Um Nolan Arenado, he's really good at defense, had a crazy play. Adam Wainwright, he would like hit a chopper down the line. He threw it to second base instead of going to first, got no play. I haven't heard much about Nolan Arenado this year. Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. That was my biggest takeaway. It was like, oh yeah, he's still playing baseball. It's weird that you hear more, you heard more about him in Colorado than you did in St. Louis. And like, I mean, it's he's on a long-term deal in St. Louis now. So St. Louis try keeps their guys on the radar. I like most people don't know Paul Goldschmidt's alive either. Yeah, I mean, when McGuire played there, there was a lot of press about him, a lot of hoopla, pools, a lot of hoopla. 
St. Louis just takes care. No, but like St. Louis, nothing like you can just go and chill, bro. Like, and if if you win, people are happy. If you lose, like they get it. The old Midwest people out there, huh? Um, it's good. I feel like they're good fans. I feel like the Cardinals fans are good fans. Best fans in baseball. Fans. Not even close. You agree with that? You're on board with that. Best fans in baseball. It's yeah. not close. What's what? Define that for me. Because so they support their players. They support their team. Come hell or high water. And they don't like hate on people. Like there's no hatred. Like it, and it allows player. Like it allows you to just under. Like you understand the team's trying. You care, but sometimes you lose. Sometimes you win. Sometimes you lose. Sometimes it rains. But it's not. But I when when people try to tell me that Red Sox and Yankees fans are like the best fans, but like. We're just like you just bury guys like, oh, my God, you're two for 26. Like you're the worst. Like what, uh, Joey Gallo is going to get lambasted in New York because he's going to go through stretches where he's over 20 with 16 punches. And they're like, oh, dude, we got Joey Gallo. It's so nice now. And I'm like, bro, hit so many homos in right field. Yeah, like, yeah let's go get some coffee. Oh, hey, I'm going to do my New York accent now. You know, I'll talk about coffee. We got this guy, Joey Gallo. You can hit some homos, bro. It's, uh, you know, it's it's crazy, dog. We got this Gallo kid, you know, it's. And now he's going to go for 20. And they're going to be like, Boo. like, I saw a funny tweet. They were like, oh. Like Yankees really like searching for more contact hitters. Trade for Joey Gallo. Like what? Like their whole lineup is a true outcome. It's just one big true outcome. And now DJ LeMahieu is like basically out of the lineup. What's wrong? Like, is he so old now? No, they stink. And he won the batting title. He got paid, so he's chilling. And they stink. You should just hit homers to right. That's what you should do. Yeah, he's still hitting good. I mean, he's 280. Like, he's just he's on the wrong side of his slider, you know? He's probably a 300 career hitter, right? That, that roster is absurd. Absolutely absurd. Dude, they got Rugnad Oder playing second. It's just one giant. And they're happy about it. And they're happy about it. <laughs> That's their guy. Like, they dude, feel like he brings good energy. Literally, they went Rizzo, uh, Judge, Gallo, Sanchez, Oder. Who hit sixth today? Um, I'm pulling it up. Torres, did Torres hit sixth? I'm pulling it up. Like, it like, I looked at it and I was like, what just happened? They played t- Tyler Wade was the only guy that could like accidentally hit a single today. Rizzo, who hit a single to tie the game. Judge, Gallo, Sanchez, Odor, Torres, Gardner, Wade. Gardner and Wade were like, hey, we got a chance to get on without one of the true outcomes. How come they paid Stanton so much money to not play baseball? He's getting paid. So much. What's going to happen when Judge is a free agent? What What's going to happen when Voight comes back? What do you mean? Where's – like, who's – like? I, thought they, I, I saw something that they were, tra- they were going to try to trade him, and I forgot that they didn't trade him. Yeah, is he out for the year? They have the, the largest roster ever. They're just the, the New York – like, Fighters. And they got Odor who punches people in the face. Good. Yeah. Well, he's probably the toughest guy on the on the team. We need to get Joey Bats on the pod when he gets back from the Olympics. Dominicans blowed two leads in the last two games. They blowed two leads. <laughs> You're really good with grammar most of the time. Despite I your blown, but you heard blowed because I mumble. Love it. 
Uh, yeah. he has a, they have the largest rot. I we need to get like one of those random Twitter people that does random stats, like total height and inches and total pounds on the roster. It's got to be up. There. Definitely winning a fight. I mean, there's no doubt they're winning fights. They're just Chapman, Chapman's enormous. I mean, most big league most big league pitching staffs are like six three and up across the board, but that's a that's a large lineup. Yep. Olympic baseball, Mexico first first guys out. By the way, Mexico. Ryan Goins in Team Mexico first team out. He got his first start in the not in the like elimination stage. He got a hit. He pinch he pinch hit first time in the history of baseball. Ryan Goins pinch hit for somebody. You think he watches Peltero Pickle? He's gonna have some words with you for that one. I, Great defender, but I I wouldn't say that. I was gonna text him. Uh, a picture so the whole dugout for mexico looked like super disappointed after right because they lost to israel in the first elimination game israel's decent they got a decent little team um and then gogo was in the dugout they showed his face i don't know why they went to gogo because he's american he's not mexican and they showed him and then they showed everybody else stayed in the dugout for like 30 minutes after the game he like he was like, I'm going to shower. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to go root for USA because I came to help them win because I'm American. I'm the least Mexican person ever. The same way Danny Valencia, least Israeli player of all time. Cuban-American playing for Team Israel. Hit a bomb yesterday. Did he really? Yeah. Was he a lefty pitcher? or no. <laughs> no. It's shockingly, he could hit righties too, but he only opted into lefties. Who's Google with right now? The Braves. Graves? Yeah, he's the the Blue Jays 2.0. Yeah. Uh, what else we got? Tony Russa, old man run. If you haven't seen it on Twitter, check it out. A lot of good, a lot of, I think the most cliche one was like, you got to poop your pants and you got to run. Or you got to poop so bad that you can't run. Just like, a, like no, no, like, extension with his leg at all. Just a, just a old man waddle, just running out there to defend. Abreu from nothing, like the pitch got away from the guy, and then the catcher was like, "Are you all right?" And he's like, "Don't talk to my player. Don't, don't care about my." What, what was I, what was Roberto talking about? I like Roberto, good dude, one of, like one of the nicest, right? Love him. Not sure what the I didn't even see the context of the situation. He got drilled in the head. Yeah, he's laying on the ground, and then and he comes over and pushes him away. No, but there were words being had. Some like I don't think I don't like. I don't think there was. Why everybody all over La Russa? Poor guy. Yeah, he's had his moments of, like, brutality, but, like, whatever. Leave La Russa alone. The guy's a legend. Why is he, like, sprinting out there to push the catcher away? Like, he's down there, like, checking. his dudes. Good for him. I bet you all the players love him. I'm going to call Hendricks this week. I'm going to get the 411. Protecting him from what, though? Like, he went out there and nobody, like, the trainers were with him. Or no, the umpire was there. The third base coach was running in there pretty good. Why are we trying to presume about the presumptuousness of presuming presumptively? I just thought it was a funny run. And I, it's my a speech, funny run. I, you got some attention on Twitter. I you got 52 likes. It wasn't it wasn't a big post for me. You know what? It, it reminds Running after jumping on a trampoline for a while. For me, if I go, if I rewind back to like 12-year-old Bobby, he's jumping on a trampoline for 30 minutes doing backflips. And then you get off and try to sprint and you feel like gravity is like times 12 and you're just so stuck to the gravity. What it looked like to me, I'm going to give you my, my, what it looks like now. 
Do, <laughs> do you remember the thing? Gravity goes up by at least three. Are you going to listen to me or are you going to interrupt? Times. I just think it's funny. Like, you remember trying to run after a trampoline? Dude, I'm going to tell oh, you what hard. you look like and you're going to laugh, I think. So you remember the little boxing game that you, you had to hit the buttons and the guy's head popped up and that's how you won? So those were like super robotic. Like it looked yeah, like yeah. their arms were flailing. Like knock them, stock them, something. Yeah, whatever. Knock them, stock them, robots. Yeah. And that so his arms were moving like independent like that, and his legs were moving independent like that. So and his torso just stayed in one place. It was really that it was a good run, Tony. I mean, he's like old. Barstool had a funny tweet. It was the uh, like the the guy who set the hundred meter record, but he's like ninety seven years old, and it's just some guy just like. Just not moving. Just right. I think he ran it like 42 seconds. It was like just. I'm going to tell Tony <laughs> to listen to the pickle. I'm going to have Hendricks have Tony listen to the pickle. And I, I want him to know. Uh, he's a good old boy like me. He's a paisan. Got a bottle on the end. I'm defending you, Tony. I think you're moving pretty good for your age. He's had, he's had a heck of a year with stuff happening with defending the game of baseball with potentially throwing his players under the bus with like, there's been a lot of attention on his managerial tactics. White Sox are in first place. Winning. They are, they are in first place. They have completely run away with that division. I'm pretty sure last time I checked, yeah, they're nine games up. Yeah, it's over. Uh, I mean, they've got a great team. He's won before. Let's He's put it this way. They got plenty of games left against the Royals and Tigers. So they can't lose the division. I mean, something drastic would need to happen for them not to win their division. And twins, no less. The Royals, Tigers, and Twins, those three teams. I mean, it's not like in in Cleveland. Nobody's – Cleveland's 500 team, they're the best team they're going to face the rest of the year in their, in their division. Nobody's going to catch them. They can't. Uh, World Series prediction. Yeah, right I, would love, I would love if we if you get Tony LaRusso to watch that video, I want to know what he thinks. Uh, what he thinks he's running like athlete. Oh, his take uh, what, what would he tweet he's gonna go athlete gonna, these guys need to shut up and go do something better with their lives let me tell you something pal tony larusa could care less what we say about him fact tony larusa don't even know what a twitter is so like don't <laughs> worry about it it's he all good a, dog. He a belichick snap a gram insta book he did yeah. do that old bit uh post show why are australian why are australians so good at swimming i asked twitter this question and they said sharks and that they're an island is it i I legitimately wanted to know if there's like the premier swim coaches in training development in the world in australia because they can they can swim can we put this on uh family feud and like yeah, yes, hundred people. Why the Australians are good <laughs> Survey says sharks. Island. Like somehow, somehow, whatever <laughs> answer, somehow whatever answer we give here, it's racist. I promise. Like Beaches. no matter what, I was gonna say island. No, uh, that's, that's not racist. I was gonna say it's southern elite. hemisphere. I like. There's a lot no, of like sharks. Everyone's like sharks. That would actually be really fun. Can we do that? Can we do that with like Kahoot? Patrick might know about that. There's like an app that people use called Kahoot where you can ask questions. That would be a really funny segment. So the the baseball feud instead of family feud, we might get sued for that. If we won't, because nobody watched this, but that's all right. Uh, that would yeah, sharks. That's what they said. It wasn't like 
they're really good at training and they lift weights and they I got uh swim caps. I'm going with island and southern hemisphere. But then you get asked why people from like Madagascar aren't good at swimming. It's an island in the southern hemisphere. Right, it's Sicily. Dominican. So, so that, that, that's hemisphere. getting borderline racist if we're going that. Like, Sicily is in the northern hemisphere. hemisphere. No, I'm all the be inappropriate, but you could say Australia is an island. Very different circumstances. Patrick's going to cut that. Maybe you should. I don't know. Why? Americans are good at swimming too, though. Yes, very good. There's one dude that won a bunch of medals. Dressel. Bunch a of tattoos. A lot of tattoos on that guy. A lot of tattoos, fast swimmer. Did you his see that? Did, his wife did an interview that was interesting, uh, talking about, I don't remember, but I liked it. <laughs> She's pretty. That's why it was interesting. She wasn't ugly. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I was sitting with my wife and I was like, she ain't ugly. Because Listen, I was watching with my wife. I'm like, everybody's shredded and really good looking in the Olympics. The whole Olympics. They're all cut up, all of them. Yeah. Last topic Joey Votto, Homer in seven straight games, missed by this much for number eight. He went full Votto. I used to joke around, you never go full Votto. And uh, Tropic Thunder joke right there, but uh, yeah, he's he's trying to hit homers. They asked him, "What are you doing different?" He's like, "I'm just trying to hit homers." So obviously, Twitter said confirmation bias. Try to hit homers, it works. So moral of the story is just try to hit homers. So I funny no another moral of the story thing. So good for Joey Votto for being awesome and still raking because he still rakes. Because if you rake, then you still rake. Like you just. Like raking, it just gets lost for a little while because hitting's hard. Um, so anyway, um, I posted a picture of Bellinger the other day when he hit he hit the homer, and you see the po- picture I posted of like, does anybody teach this position? Right? Of course, Joey was like kicking stick, yeah. and he was like, "What do you mean, Cunha <laughs> coming in hot with a what do you mean?" And ironically, uh, my guy Rich Gedman was like, "I saw this, and I didn't really know what to think because Rich Gedman and I talk what about on Twitter." Yeah, it gets on Twitter. I was like, "Kid, you saw my post." I was like, "That's so sick." Getty like, we should just write tweets to him without tagging him. Like, hey, I was like, "Getty saw my post." Getty saw my post. If anybody's listening and not watching, I'm doing a dance. Getty saw my post. So, um, anyway, my point was actually to be cryptic on purpose because I think a lot of people read it like, "Oh, we should be teaching people to get their back knee to the ground with their hips completely open and their torso turned to the first base dugout with the bat like basically landing behind us." And I was like, no, like just athlete to get there. Cause like he hit a breaking ball, obviously, obviously hit a breaking ball. I didn't need to know. I haven't even seen the clip of the homer. He obviously hit a breaker down and in cleared like crazy, got low with it, athleted like a maniac. And like, that's why he got to that position. So if so facto Votto trying to hit bombs is just letting him athlete again. It's not like, oh, like hit everything in the air. He's trying to hit balls hard to center field, get through baseballs, and he just – the way he said it, as you said, full Votto. It's like, dude, when you just get back to hitting and trying to, like, create damage, like, good stuff happens. Like, Donaldson used to joke – about like, joke. Like, he used to – he didn't joke. He doesn't know how to joke. Um, He would be like, you can't try to hit a single and accidentally hit a homer. You can try to hit a homer and accidentally hit a single. So the point is, like, to, like hitting is an aggressive 
aggressive set of moves. Like you have to be aggressive swinging the baseball bat. And like a lot of times you get passive, like it's hitters, even like good hitters, guys that are used to hitting 300, like trying to get your hits, like, right. Cause you're like, Oh, well this will get me right. And then sometimes you need to go the opposite end of the spectrum. I think that might be a show topic all into itself next week. Talk yeah. Content. Um, and I guarantee that's going to be clipped and put on Instagram. That was a great line. So I want, I want guests next week. I want Eric Kratz. I'm making a demand right now. Well, he, he was invited and accepted and then had to be important. So maybe yeah, I'm getting Kratz. I'm getting Kratz for next week. All right. Uh, other other yeah. Olympic takeaways. Other Olympic takeaways, because the Olympics are awesome. Jamaicans, one, two, three, women sprinting. Crazy. I think the Olympics are cool. Ratings are crazy down. I thought the opening ceremony. Down? I'm watching everything. We have it on nonstop. The girls I love it. I think the ratings are way down. I think the opening ceremonies were terrible. Well, uh, I think, huh? Nobody's there. Yeah, I think having no fans is awful. Um, just yeah. brutal. Athletes are like literally like they're super quarantined like they can't do anything like joey bats told me they're in jail um like the sprinters are coming off the track and having to hand sanitize and then put a mask on in the arena it's so overkill it's absurd i hate that part of it like the swimmer just got out of the pool and won a gold medal and they're like put a mask on for your interview like let's pump the brakes a little well, bit i mean we're it's where we just time travel back a year in three months it, it's the delta variants coming and coming in hot right now a lot of pressure for kids to get vaccinated right now there's a lot of, a lot of delta variant discussion i want to go back to the olympics i just don't like the fact that like you literally you have to you go to the olympics to play for like the, the people are like they're finishing their 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 races or their shot put and they're like waving to the crowd and there's nobody there like i'm like what you like you're at the olympics to hear people from your country cheering like you like USA, USA, like that would be so nasty if you were in Japan or if you had Japanese people booing you, which they probably wouldn't because they're like different deferential people. But like you want to hear the roar of the crowd, man. Like there's nothing like it. And it's definitely different without the fans and it's not the same experience. But I love watching it. The the most gut-wrenching thing ever is when guys fall start or girls the track athletes fall start and then they just get, like leave, come up and hold a red card in front of their face and like get out. And they just walk away. <laughs> just, I saw. I saw. It's sad. You trained for four or five years to get there, and then it's like leave. You just yeah. left a point one six seconds too early. British, so the British champion, the women's British champion in the four hundred meter hurdles, like she bit it going into the first hurdle, and I felt terrible. Like that was a bad one because her cleat got. She looked like she was trying to slow down. Her cleat kind of got stuck, and then her toe, like she tried to slow down. Her toe got stuck, and she actually went through the hurdle, mm. which like not great. Could have been funny, but you feel bad because, like, it's terrible. Oh, like, the false starts is terrible, though. Yeah, they, and they, I, just, I, they did this whole thing. They talk about it. And they, like, I don't know what, what – what is the cause for when it's not a false start and you can stay? I don't know. I don't get it. I don't – I have no idea either. And, it's like and, if it's – if it's if you're uncomfortable, you can come out of it, but then it's like a false start if it's too close. I don't know the rule. I guess you probably look it up. Uh, but just brutal. And there's so many yeah. other disciplines, Bobby, where, like – like in the shot put, you get five tries, or in the hammer throw, the discus, the javelin, the pole vault. But in sprinting and run, in any running, you, out, if yeah. it's not a distance run, you get one like one crack at it. And like, hey, we're talking about like hundredths and, and intensive seconds that make differences. 
Yeah. Did you but on that note, when I was watching the qualifications and I was watching the 10,000 meters, 10,000 meters is like, you know, what is it? Six and a half miles or whatever it is. Two. Six, two. So I was like at the qualifier, at the U S qualifiers, the girl that won was like lapping people. Right. So she had lapped like half the fields when she won. I was like, what, like, why are you going? If you know you're that much slower than the person that's going to qualify, like, why do you go to the qualifiers? It'd be like, if like a fantasy baseball guy could go out and play with the big leaguer for a day, they'd do that. That's the, that's the analogy. Like I'm sure there's some, there's gotta be some sort of qualifying standard to get there. I understand, but I ain't going to qualifiers if I know I'm going to lose by a lap and a half. At the Mm. Kentucky Derby, they're like, Oh, all the horses. And then they go to the, they go to the Preakness and there's only like seven left. Uh, I, I mean, Dragon feels a little different. I think if you if you qualify for it, you've earned the right. There's a lot of time and effort put into it. And you want to go and have the experience. Nothing wrong with that. It's like the minor leagues. Half the teams there just fill up the roster and play a game. Because you're never going to get called up. You shut it down. Maybe you, run right. a good, maybe you run the race of your life. Maybe you just pull it out. and yeah. run You ain't running the race of your life in the 10,000 meters when you lost by a minute and a half. Like, I mean, what are we doing? Like, I get it. If it's like if it's the sprints and it's like a half a second to a second, like, okay, that's like. There's so, so there's some, uh, like I end up laughing at them and I, I really shouldn't cause they're in the Olympics, but there's some people that come at like, even in like a 400 meter race, they're coming in like 12 seconds back. Like they're, that's they're, not saying. Even, they're not even in the picture, but so like that person shouldn't go to the Olympics. No, what I'm not, it's, it's not, I was talking about the Olympic qualifiers. I wasn't talking about the qualifiers. At the yeah, yeah. You get to go to the Olympics, you go, whatever. Maybe you come up with a hammy before your last race because you're like, ah, like I'm gonna lose by 12 seconds. Yeah, you're like, oh, you're hammy. But you I got to go to the, the I got to go to the opening ceremonies and wave. Um, experience, you can't take that from people. No, but like the 10,000 or the 5,000, like, I mean, it's crazy. Like you just you see some like uh, the the qualifier for the finals in the 100 for the women, like. There's people in that race, they get to go up against the best in the world. Even though they're going to get lose by two seconds, which is a, a mile in that but, race. But two seconds is more reasonable. Like if the girl trips and then she knocks another girl over and then that one falls into the other lane, you might meddle, dude. Like that's what I'm saying. In the 10,000, the girl that wins could literally fall down, like be like, oh, my ankle, and then like brush off. And then like get up, start running again, fall again, and be like, ah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go backwards for this lap because like the Earth's gravitational pull is taking me the wrong way. And then still- um, I'm, I'm all for the life experience. I don't think you take that away from people. All they right, qualify for it. They qualify. They, they qualify. Yeah. Uh, beach volleyball again, incredible. But not an Olympic sport. Got to be the most taxing. Three on three basketball. Did you see this? Three on three. Three on three basketball. When did that become a thing? Golf. Like, why is golf in the Olympics? And we're talking about baseball and softball not being in the Olympics. Like, what are we doing? Golf, golf is weird because, like, every event is the Olympics. So, like, all right. Why, whoa, 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 time out. So, speaking of that, I, why, why do you not have team golf in the Olympics? Why is it just individual? Why wouldn't you do, like, a Ryder Cup style event? That would be more fun than just a casual, like, four yeah, rounds of golf. Yeah. You got to make it about the team. And not to mention. Do a college Shoffley, style, like, total total strokes. Shoffley shot 18 under. Like, what was that course playing? Like, uh, like, like Pine Brook down the road or what? I mean, 18 under is a pretty normal score on the PGA Tour. 
I mean, I don't think it's a normal score. That's like a that's a scoring course. Like the eleven was like they shot eleven. Like on the, the the best round was eleven on Friday. Well, I mean that's amazing on any course, but that happens. So what? Here's here's what canoe slalom, canoe sprinting, cycling, BMX freestyle, BMX racing, mount cycling, mountain biking. What's the, what's the question a, I dig? What would be a weird Olympic sport to add, like hacky sack? Yeah, I mean they've talked about it. Hacky sack. Sailing is in the Olympics, really. Skateboarding, which is crazy. Sport climbing. Do you have a list of sports in front of you right now? Yeah, go to olympics.com and hit sports. <laughs> You're just rallying them off. Uh, the three-on-three basketball is, is crazy. I mean, they did one that the, uh, they did a mixed relay triathlon. It's kind of cool. I didn't watch it. but My, my two wife. favorite sports at the Olympics, fencing and table tennis. Ping pong. Woo! I haven't watched. I watched a little bit of fencing, but I haven't seen any table tennis. Love fencing, love it. Do you know the rules? I, I was watching it the other day. I had no idea what was going I on. I feel like I would be a good fencer. I, I kind of know. The rules. You, have you seen the fencing when they have like they have the, the masks and everything? They light up and stuff. What does it mean? I don't. Know. How do you score in that sport? I get pro, whoever gets touched first. And if you get it happens a, too fast, I have no idea what's happening. It is nasty though. That's if they do it and they're like, hey, and they stomp and they like. And they come at you like, what just happened? I love the forward steps where they have the hand on their head. That's why I love it. And then they get so excited and then they flip their mask up. But then they, did you see they changed their, they changed their sword? Is it a sword? What is it? What is it? Epi. Epi. It's called an epi. They changed your epi? E-P-E-E. The guy, uh, one guy I was watching, he was getting, he gave like three points in a row and he like tipped his mask up and walked over and he started like, he took his, he took it and he started wobbling it, like checking it. For, for <laughs> yeah. Listen, yeah. I, is that like changing your bat mid game? Like uh, the, the 271 is not working. Give me the arm. Yeah. If you want. I need a more barrel. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Fencing rules. Playing area participants, scoring. I love, I love uh, track and field. Love it. Yeah. Track's awesome. I mean, track will always be the allure. My wife loves gymnastics. I can't, I don't, I have not the, the gymnastics part that was sick was like Carrie Strug was baller when she did the flips. When she did the, what do they call it? The somersault off the palm of course. Huh? The vault. Yeah. That was nasty. When she landed on one foot, that thing? So nasty. So tight. Like, that's what legends are made of. But now, so, you you know, it's funny, and I, I, I feel bad even bringing this up. Like, certainly, I have, I respect Simone Biles incredibly for doing what she did. Uh, like, that's, I, I mean, like, I, it's not our place to judge her. It's nobody's place to judge her. Have you, have you read up on the, what do they call it, the spin, the uh, to twisties? Have you read up on that? No. So, like, it's basically like you have vertigo while you're doing spins and jumps and flips. Yeah. So basically, so, you lose your space, you lose your equilibrium mid-flight, and you can, like, literally fall and break your neck. This girl, this girl, like, it, it goes to show, like, how much stress, like, athletes can deal with, especially amateur athlete, really, like, not, like, in a non-high-profile sport. Amateur athlete, non-high-profile sport, right, who really like has garnered a ton of attention for being the best gymnast of all time, essentially. And nobody's place to judge her. But then the funny thing was, was, and it had really nothing to do with Simone. They're talking about how, you know, the, 
Kerry Strug and, and those teams, like all the stuff that had happened previously with U.S. Gymnastics and the guy that was a scumbag that was the team, whatever, doctor. But they were talking about the coaches and, and how they, like, used to pressure the girls into, you know, going competing through injuries. And, you know, you're, you're towing some fine lines there because, like, that moment that Kerry Strug created and that that team created – in was it 96 at the Olympics? Uh, yeah, I forget exactly what year. Probably yeah. like the single most like standout moment in Olympic history, right? In for in gymnastics anyway. For me, I mean in my lifetime. And you know, you sit there and you wonder like what like the stress on these young kids, because they're young, like the gymnasts are relatively young. I think Shannon Miller was like the oldest gymnast to compete at probably like 23 or whatever that year. And by the way, there was a an Eastern European gymnast this year was like 47. Fact. There's, there's one girl that's, there's one woman that's done it for like. Yeah, that's her, same <laughs> one. But yeah. anyway, my point is like, I, where's the, where's that line of like, you know, being like pumped, like get, like having coaches like try to inspire, motivate and, and get you to go to that level where you, you're capable of doing something legendary like that. And then, you know, how do you tell that line? Like, it's a, it's a really interesting paradigm, man. And I, I feel terrible for, for, for Simone and like, obviously like respect for like doing what she did, you know, in retrospect, did, did she try to gut it out? Like, it's not, it's not my place to, to, to judge her or think about, or even think about it. Cause like, obviously it's, one, it's yeah. So I, I had concussion issues when we played together in 2006. And one of the hardest things about it is it's an injury you can't see. So people can't be like, oh, like she broke her ankle. She's in a cast. She's on crutches. You can, you can understand that. The challenge with this stuff is like, like what you're trying, what you're describing here is the balance between being tough and being stupid and playing hurt versus playing injured. There's, there are lines there. And I think the mental, there's a huge push in, in mental health right now, which is not a bad thing at all there's going to be some like is it at what point does it become an excuse at what point are you not being tough where is that threshold line that's the part that's that's on the fence i mean i played in college with whooping cough i literally would like get a I'd get on base and get a hit a single and then go throw up in foul territory and keep playing because i would cough so much that i threw up you just keep playing i'd like make a dive and play and like throw up from coughing like I should have been playing through that. I've, I've played through many injuries that I should have been playing for from a mental health standpoint. Like where, just where's that line? It's tough. And I, is it just an individual thing? And you just, it is what it is. It's a really, to me, like you and I both have dealt with, with tough stuff and depression type stuff going on. And like, I think we talked about that in one of our, our first pickle episodes. Dude, if you um, don't have your mind, it's over. Like it's yeah. over. If your brain is not allowing you to go to the place that you need to to be to even have a chance to be good, forget it, dude. Like, forget it. Like, and, and the, the stuff's real. And I like look, I never you know, I we're getting talk show here and deep or whatever, and I I never thought of it as like mental health, right? Because like when you're growing up, you try to be a tough athlete and you don't want to, you don't want to back down from anything, but like you hear stories about this stuff all the time with athletes, high level athletes, people that, especially in the Olympics, like the Olympics where it's a once every four years, we're just talking about like the track athletes out oh, false start. Like you're done. Like 
As if, go home and deal if, with that. Think about it. You allow that to creep into your brain. And this is the part where I think athletes are, 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 are right in saying, you know, teams aren't providing the resources that they need. Countries maybe aren't providing the resources they need. But what I've, what I've learned, Bobby, is that, is that most people don't know how to talk about it and create the context because what, like the first thing you have to do as an individual, in my opinion, to really get a handle on any of this stuff is you have to like allow yourself to understand that you're human and that you're vulnerable. And, and most of us as athletes, we try to be the opposite when we're growing up. We try to be like tough and battle through it, battle through injuries, like play through pain, all that stuff. And, and the first rule of like overcoming your mind is like, I, I think understanding that you're susceptible to it and, and not trying to like downplay its power on you and, and your own thoughts and your own, um, you know, I guess I, I, there were times when I, I told myself I was crazy. Like I literally felt crazy. I was like, there, there's so many things going on. And, um, and that's why like being able to channel your mind and get it to go to the right places. And you just never know what the factors are going to be that take you to a certain place. And because like you have so many things going on around you, right? Like every day could be a new, a new challenge, a new paradigm. And again, like if you look at guys, if you look at the, the, the athletes that I respect the most in my like looked at revered, they just had this uncanny ability to like separate everything else from what they did. The Jordans of the world, the Brady's, the Jeter's, those are guys to me that, that they had to have had like their brain in a really good place. And um, yeah, I mean, it's scary stuff, dude. And I think we just need to do a better job as a society as a whole. And like, uh, just understanding how impactful our words can be on other people. It, it's, it's messed up, man. Like it's just messed up that people want to hate because you don't even recognize like what you're doing to others. And like, some people think it's funny. Some people are miserable and they want to do stuff. And I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's going to be something that gets a lot more press and a lot more airtime. And that's not a bad thing. Um, everything you were just saying, I agree with the, uh, we definitely grew up in an era of push through, keep your mouth shut, grind, don't talk about it. <laughs> Be put on a face of toughness at all costs until you get to a breaking point, I guess. Um, and I think this generation is going to grow up in a very different space than that. So yeah, I, I, we'll it's just, it's nobody's place to to judge it is all. That's all what I think. Like it lets you know all the facts. And even if you do whatever. Well, I think there's going to be a lot of judgment. So let's see how it goes. Older generations are not going to respond to it very well. I don't think a lot of them, some will, some, I think people that have gone through it and had well, themselves will be like, yeah, this is serious, but I, I think we have to, I think we just have to, we have to toe the line it. Like we have to understand a little bit better how to not, how to not just like let people off the hook. Right. And, that, and this is certainly <clears throat> not tied to Simone. And like you take, you're talking about like a, one of the hardest working athletes on the planet, right? Like, yeah. so that person wants to compete at a level that is different than any, than 99.9999% of the population. So if that person is like, Hey, I'm going to need a minute. Like you're probably like, okay, cool. Like you're good. Well, um, what I was saying earlier about how it's, it's not a physical injury and it is usually very personal. So people don't open up and describe it and say why it's happening. Like when my, when I heard, Biles was, was out because of mental health. I'm like, what does that mean? You don't, it's hard to understand. And then the part came out about the twisty stuff. And that made more sense to me because I had like something to 
define it, but it's not, it's a thing where you're not expected that the athlete isn't expected to describe what they're going through because it's personal. So then you don't, you're like kind of left in limbo. There's no closure. There's more, there's, it creates more questions than it does provide answers. And then everybody's kind of like, what's going on? So. Yep. Well, is what it is. It's definitely going to get a lot more attention and a lot more discussion. So not a bad thing. And uh, on that note, pickle out. See, I I sense the tone there. Usually, yeah, I usually yell it. I thought you were going to go. No, I sense the tone. All right.